Well, if you can make your way to your seats, we'll go ahead and get started. Jay, I have to tell you, uh, Thursday, as we're getting ready to go to this concert, I was thinking, I was secretly hoping it was raining. I was kind of hoping that it would be raining so bad that we couldn't go to this concert, right? You know? And uh, I had just a bad attitude. You know, I was trying to be fun. I was trying to be nice and trying to be loving to my wife because my wife loves Maverick City. So I was thinking, well, you know, I'll be nice and go to this concert. But secretly inside, I didn't really want to go. And I was praying that it would rain. I was praying that something, you know, anything, right? Of course, it didn't rain. And so we got there and we're sitting there and I'm like, oh, then the worst thing ever happened. Our seats at Blossom were the bench seats, uh, so there was no back to these seats. And so I began to think to myself, well, maybe that's an excuse. I can just say, honey, I can't sit here. My back's going to hurt the whole time, you know? And then the concert started, and within the first 10 minutes of the concert, I'm like, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for trying to make every excuse not to be here, because he obviously wanted me there. It was an, hey, I was, listen, if I dance around a little bit today on the stage and I do a few things, don't get weirded out. It's just that I've I've been influenced by the gospel music scene, and uh, let me just tell you that the way they do church is way different than we do church, and uh, I don't know if I like it all, but it was pretty cool. <laughs> I do have to say that. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 8, please. We're going to be continuing on our series of sermons called uh, The Summer of Wisdom, the book study that we're doing on Proverbs. Uh, I will tell you that we are quickly running out of time and probably will not get through the whole book of Proverbs, but that's okay. We will go through as much as we can uh, before the summer ends. Proverbs has been, this journey that we have been taking has been an amazing thing. You know, we have said uh, every Sunday that we've been up here that this is advice that Solomon was given to his sons uh, on the right thing to do, how to follow the Lord, how to have all these things. It's wisdom that he's trying, this advice that he's trying to give to his sons. I've also said every Sunday that this is not commandments. This isn't the Ten Commandments. This isn't, uh, you know, Jesus giving us commandments to love the na- our neighbors or love our Lord, the God, our God, with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind. This is Solomon giving advice to his sons and saying, it would do you wise to follow these things. Today, in this chapter as we read Solomon chapter 8, we're going to see that Solomon is again calling for his son to seek after wisdom, to seek after what is right. And the interesting thing about this is that Solomon just automatically assumes, or maybe he knows, I mean, how many of us who have children have raised our children and said, sometimes our children don't do the wisest things, right? Christy, don't look at your sons that way, okay? You're going to embarrass them. Yes, you're welcome. (laughs) I'm here for you, Lucas and Logan, just letting you guys know, right? Okay. But the truth of the matter is, is that as we're young, we do dumb things, right? That's just what it is. I once heard a saying that says, you can't be uh, old and wise if you weren't young and dumb first, right? There's a country song that sings that. I'll bar you the uh, pain of having to hear me sing that song. But I will just tell you that some of that is true. But the problem of it is, is that sometimes we as adults don't outgrow that. Can I tell you that... Now, Chad, you can't point to your father when I make comments like that, okay? That doesn't work so well, Chad. Especially when you're living under his household. So this is where I'm giving you wisdom. All right, Chad, you ready for this? I'm going to give you some wisdom. You live under your father's household. You live under his house. He pays for your food. He gives you all of the things that you currently have. It would be wise for you to honor your father. I'm just saying, okay? Okay. Now that we got that out of the way. Sorry, Chad. 
but, you know, we have to call it out when we see it. So the truth of the matter is that some of us never outgrow the need of wisdom. Chad. Uh, Some of us never outgrow the need to receive those things. We don't seek after that wisdom. We don't seek after the good things. We just go out and do what makes us feel good. The problem with this is that when you go out and you do what makes you feel what makes you feel good, then often it is at the expense of something else that's in your life. Solomon is trying to overcome this with his sons, and he's saying, listen, if you're wise, you'll understand exactly what wisdom is. You'll understand the basis of wisdom. You'll understand the beauty of wisdom. But then you'll also seek after that wisdom and do everything you can to grab a hold of it. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow. Okay, I think I'm there again. Sorry about that. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Roman, uh, Romans, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 6. Solomon says to his son, Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. You're going to have to uh, drive for me again there, Paul, because it's not wanting to change for me. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver and and knowledge rather than the choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. Solomon does this the most amazing thing as he's writing this. He's telling his son that there is wisdom is better than jewels. Wisdom is better than any riches that you can obtain. Now we have to, if we're going to understand this, we have to understand Solomon's life. Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 3, uh, the Lord comes before Solomon and says, Solomon goes before the Lord, the Lord comes before Solomon, either way you want to look at that, and he says to him, ask what you wish, and it will be granted to you. Now, I don't know about you, but if God comes before you and says, ask whatever you want, and it will be granted to you, think about that for a moment. I know we're here in church on Sunday morning. (laughs) I know this is supposed to be a holy place. But most of us, if you're asked, to receive the exact same thing that you want. What is the most important thing that you want in your mind? You're going to think of some type of physical need that you have. Maybe it's riches, maybe, it's, uh, maybe you have health issues, maybe it's whatever it might be. Solomon didn't ask for those things. Solomon instead comes before the Lord and he says in 1 Kings chapter 3, I want wisdom on how to guide and lead your people. Now, the first thing that we know about Solomon is that he is different than everyone else because, again, all of us, and I, when I say all of us, I'm including myself, we would probably think of something that is based upon money or riches or those types of things. We wouldn't think about wisdom. I'm a pretty smart guy, Steve. I don't need any more wisdom, right? That's, that's what I would say in my mind. Now, Jay, don't make fun of me, okay? But that's what I would say inside of my mind. But the truth of the matter is, is that Solomon comes before the Lord and he doesn't think about his own needs. He doesn't think about his riches. He doesn't think about power. He doesn't think about honor. He doesn't think about all of these things and how he could rule the world. I mean, honestly, God was willing to grant Solomon anything that he wanted. And Solomon chose to have wisdom to lead his people. God was so pleased with that request 
that he not only gave him wisdom, but he also gave him riches. And Solomon, as I have said in sermons past, is known as the wisest king, the richest king, if you will, of all times. There's something about us when we choose to put ourselves at bay and seek instead after God and his wisdom that he has for us. And the wisdom of Corey to bring me another iPad. Thank you so much. There's something about when we seek after that wisdom that God is pleased with us. And so let's, before we begin, let's, before we go any further, let's just pause for a moment and pray and ask God for his wisdom, for his direction, and to help us through these sermon, uh, through the sermon and through these uh, passages that he's given to us. Will you bow your head, please? Father, we thank you for this most amazing and wonderful day. The day that we can come together and celebrate you. Father, there are so many things on this day that we could be doing, but instead we here that are joined together in this building and also those that are watching online have chosen to follow and to celebrate our lives in you today. And so may we celebrate that fact today. And Lord, as we read through Proverbs and we read through the story of what King Solomon has done and what he's giving this advice to his sons We find, Lord, that it is seeking wisdom that you are pleased with. And so, Lord, we ask you today, as we try to seek after the wisdom that you have for us in each of our own ways, Father, in the journeys that we are on, may we have the wisdom that we need to achieve what you have called us to achieve, Father. Help us today. Lord, I pray that you would remove all the hindrances. Holy Spirit, I ask you that you would come and overcome those Uh, things that we put in front of you and those things that we put in our ears to stop from hearing truly from you. We ask you that you would just lead us and guide us. And I pray that my words would not be my own, but they'd truly be your words today, Father, and that we could hear what you would say to us through these passages and through this message that you have for us. We give you the glory, we give you the honor, we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a couple things that is very important that we understand. Number one is that Solomon is telling his son that there is nothing more important than wisdom. There's nothing more valuable than wisdom. Wisdom is so important to Solomon that he says to his son, it's more important than any riches, any jewels, any power, any glory, anything that you can find. Wisdom is more powerful than all of those things. Solomon is pleading with his children not to forget this fact. He's pleading with them saying, don't ever stop learning. Don't ever stop growing. Don't ever stop seeking after this wisdom. See, we don't often view wisdom as something that we should seek after. In fact, we have this way of, you know, we go through uh, 12 years of of, uh, school. Maybe it's elementary, then middle school, then high school. And then when we're done, some of us have moved on to college and some of us have not. Some of us go to trade school. Some of us learn on our job, some of those things. But at some moment in time, we get to this place where we think we have just learned enough. I'm an adult. I've learned enough. I remember as a child, <clears throat> Chad, open up your ears and listen to this, okay? As a child, I remember at some point I used to think that my father and mother were not as wise as I once thought they were. (laughs) Somewhere around the age of 17 years old, 16, 17, 18 years old, I had lost some of that idea that they knew what they were going, uh, what they were saying, what they were doing. And so therefore I thought what I wanted to do was more important than they wanted to do. And listen, uh, most of you are shaking your heads yes, because we all go through that, right? We all as young adults have gone through this age and this frame of mind where we think that our parents have lost their minds and that we know best. It was somewhere after my mid-20s when I was raising a child that I began to realize, wait a minute, my parents really did know what they were talking about. The first time my son talked back to me and I wanted to literally, I felt the urge rising up inside of me to uh, give a nice little uh, a nice little pat on the backside. Let me just put it that way, okay? I realized, wait a minute. 
I'd made fun of my parents for telling them or not to their face. I would have never done that. I respected my parents so much, so I would have never done that. But in my mind, I thought, ah, they don't know what they're talking about. Let me go out and do what I want. So we begin to learn. But see, what happens is that we all achieve this place in our life where we get to this place where things become comfortable, if you will. Maybe we get married and we have kids and, and, and maybe we go through life. Maybe we've reached a certain position on our jobs. Maybe we've reached a certain position in our life and we begin to think, hey, you know what? I, I got this down. I know what I'm doing, right? It's usually at that moment in time that something happens in our life that flips it upside down and we learn and we begin to realize, wait a minute, I don't really know what I'm doing. I could tell you as a pastor, the first five years of, of the church, I thought exactly I knew what I was doing. I had this under control. I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. I knew exactly how the church was going to operate. I had this dream, this vision of what I wanted the church to look like. And then somewhere after year five, things started to go different directions. And I'm like, wait, that's not the way that it's supposed to work. Doreen, that's not how it was supposed to work out, right? I, that's not, no, wait, who said that? What happened? And I began to realize that my wisdom and what I thought I wanted was not really where God was taking me. And I was seeking after not his wisdom, but I was think, seeking after my wisdom. And see, the problem with us seeking after our own wisdom is that our own wisdom benefits who? This guy, right? Wisdom benefits us, and in only uh, that wisdom, that type of wisdom that we benefit us is only about us. What Solomon is seeking here and what Solomon is encouraging to us and to his sons is for us not to stop seeking the wisdom of God, to not seek, af- not seek after what's going to make it right for us, but what is right for the Lord. Listen, don't get me wrong, money is great, and you can do a lot of things with money, but it's not everything. Jewels are amazing things. Diamonds, rubies, all of these things. Diamonds are a girl's best friend, right? You want to make your wife happy? Go buy her a diamond ring. (laughs) Maybe not. Okay. But the truth of the matter is that they're amazing things, but they are nothing compared to the wisdom. See, I would rather know how to tell my wife I love her in all of the ways that she needs to hear and have it settle into her heart than to be able to go out and buy her something. Because the wisdom of how to speak to my wife in the way that she deserves to be spoken to is way more valuable than any gift or anything that I can give to her. Wisdom that we think isn't always what God thinks. Could you imagine Moses said he's leading the Israelites? He just freed them from the Egyptians and they're going down. They're racing away from the Pharaoh and, and his army and they're down. They go down to this place and they go down right to the shores of the Red Sea. Wisdom says we better start building boats or we better jump in that water and start swimming, right? Our wisdom and trying to figure that out means that we're going to try to find boats. We're going to take the long way around the Red Sea. We're going to do something, right? No, but God's wisdom says, go down and take your staff and touch the water. Wait a minute, what? What is a stick in a water going to do, Lord? Moses goes down, touches the water, and guess what happens? The Red Sea parts. See, that wisdom is not something that any of us could have guessed. The wisdom of how things happen can never be what we want. See, when we face situations in our life, sometimes we think that we have the wisest solution to those answers. We have already planned out in our head the way that we want them to, way that we want things to happen. And so when God switches things around and says, you know what, it's not going to happen this way. It's going to happen this way. It's going to happen this way. Your journey isn't going to be all roses and golden streets. I'm going to take you in a different path, but the wisdom that you'll gain will be so much better. See, sometimes we have to understand that the wisdom that God brings to us is not the wisdom that we may always be seeking after. See, I believe we are coming fast to a time when we are going to need wisdom that can only come from God. I believe that the wisdom that God will give to us will be much more valuable than any other wisdom that we have ever received from any books, any internet experts, and anything else that we have. 
See, we're going to need to have that connection to the wisdom of God to be able to live the life that God wants us to be. See, I think sometimes we don't see God move in the way that he wants to move in our lives because we are relying on our wisdom and what we think is possible instead of the wisdom of God and what God wants possible in our lives. There is nothing more valuable in this life than wisdom. But I want to show you, uh, turn over in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17. Solomon says, I love those who seek me, and those who seek me diligently find me. Now, before you begin to say, oh, Solomon, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty brash of you there. He's not talking about himself. Solomon has switched in, uh, in Proverbs chapter 8 to begin to look at Proverbs, and he actually has, pro- uh, I'm sorry, he, be- he begins to say wisdom as a, uh, as a third person. Wisdom now has, is a person, and wisdom is now speaking through Proverbs chapter 8. When we get to verse 17, we see that wisdom says, I love those who love me and love those who, and those who seek me diligently find me. Verse 14 also says, I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight, I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule and nobles will all who govern justly. I love those who love me and those who diligently find me. Solomon is here giving, a, giving wisdom a voice. When he says that I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. What he's saying is interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this verse up here for a moment because I want you just to understand. Solomon begins in Proverbs, the very first chapter of Proverbs. He says what? Wisdom is the knowledge or the fear of what? The fear of the Lord, right? He begins to say that. He goes on in chapter 3 and he says something very similar to that. And then he goes on and keeps saying... See, Solomon is using a literature, a form of writing here that, uh, that Solomon uses not only in Proverbs, but he uses it in other locations here. But what we find in this, in this form of writing is that he's saying and he's comparing two things. The wisdom is certainly something that we should seek after, and it is diligent. We should be seeking after that, and we should find it, because when we find it, we can be We can have all of the uh, power and wisdom that God intended for us. But then what he says in chapter 1, chapter 3, he also says in chapter 5, and now he's beginning to speak it in chapter 8, is that wisdom is compared to the Lord. So when he says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me, what he's actually saying is that, yes, you should seek after wisdom, and yes, Wisdom will love you and give you the information you need. But what he's also saying is that if God is wisdom and the fear of the Lord is is wisdom and the beginning of wisdom, then we should understand that what he's also speaking about here is wisdom is not just wisdom of mine. It's also wisdom of who the Lord is. And so when he says something along these lines as I love those who love me, he's not just talking about being wise. He's talking about God. If you love God, God will in turn love you. God loves you even if you don't love him. You know, that's the most amazing thing to think about for a moment, that Jesus loves the very men who nailed him to the cross. He died on that cross for the very soldiers that plunged the nails into his hands and into his feet. Jesus loved even the disciple that betrayed him, Judas. But above and beyond that, it's not just Jesus loves us, but what he also finds out is that Solomon is saying that if you seek him diligently, you will find him. You will find wisdom if you diligently seek after it. So my question to you today is, what do you seek? What are you looking after? What are you going for? What are you seeking after in your life? Are you seeking wisdom? Are you seeking God? Are you seeking to find the author of wisdom, which is God? Are you doing everything you can to find that? Or are you seeking something else? See, today I think we need churches and we need people and we need Christians, not even churches, never mind about churches, we need Christians who will stand up and say, I'm going to seek wisdom and I'm going to seek after God. I'm going to do everything I can to get to him. I'm going to abandon 
all of the wisdom that I think I have for God's wisdom in my heart. I'm going to replace what I want. I'm not going to allow sin to drag me down. Instead, I'm going to let the Lord himself lift me up. I'm going to seek after his wisdom. I'm going to seek after how he would handle this situation. How many of us, when we, when we pause, when we're going after something and, and we have this moment in our life where we have to take a step back and go, okay, how am I going to handle this? How am I going to fix this situation in my life? Instead of asking that question of how you're going to fix that situ- situation in your life, why don't you pause, take a step back and say, how is the Lord going to fix this in my life? What's he going to do? What wisdom do I need to get through this? Listen, I need God's wisdom every day of my life to do the job that he has asked me to do. I'll be honest with you. There's times that I face things as a pastor that I'm like, uh, I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue how to answer that question. I have no clue how to, how to help in that situation. And that's always what I've learned to do instead of trying to just speak something out of my own mouth, what I often try to do is pause and say, Lord, give me the wisdom that I need to help this person, to help this situation, to find what you were and where you want me to be. So that I'm seeking after his wisdom. So I'm seeking after him instead of the solutions that are in my head, the things that I want to do. See, God's wisdom is there for every single one of us if we only seek after it, if we only strive after it, if we only go for what he has for us. All we have to do is that. Listen, this past week I had a, had a long conversation with a friend who was really, really burnt out. This particular person felt like she was just being used that she's taken on the burdens of all of these people and she's a wonderful Christian lady and, and we had this amazing conversation as we were sitting there. I was thinking to myself, how can I help her? How can I, what can I say to do those things? And then I realized God's wisdom isn't for me always to have the answer. Sometimes we just have to be there. And so what I did was I just looked at her and I said, you know what, God loves you. And he doesn't want you to be burnt out. He doesn't want you to feel the pressures of the world. He wants you to feel, listen, the most amazing thing was that uh, this concert on Thursday night, I keep going back to it, I'm sorry, but it it was was kind of a really interesting moment in there. Um, Tony Evans' son was there, and he's a worship leader, and he stood before the crowd and he said, God says that his burden is what? And my yoke is what? Easy, that's right. God never intended for us to have a burden and have a yoke that was so heavy that we couldn't go through things. Does that mean that we're not going to face troubles? No. What it means is that when we face troubles, what we have to do is we have to stop in the midst of it and say, okay, God, you don't want your burden to be heavy and you don't want your yoke to be, you want your yoke to be light. You don't want the path that you have for me to be hard. You want it to be easy. And so that means what I am facing here today is something difficult. But if I focus on you and I look towards your wisdom, then you're going to make that yoke light and you're going to make that burden easier. I might have got those reversed, but you know what I'm saying. When we do those things and we seek after those things, it doesn't take the situation away. It doesn't take the troubles of our life away. But what it does instead is it gives us someone who's going to carry the load for us. Jesus never said that he would take us away from bad situations. He said he would take us through bad situations. And so when bad situations arise in our life, then what we have to do is we have to pause and we have to seek after his wisdom, seek after him and say, Lord, I can't carry this no more. I don't have the weight to do it. I don't have the strength to do it. I need your burden. I need your yoke, which is light and easy. And so therefore, help me do this. And you know what happens? He comes through and he picks it up. It's an amazing thing. When we stop trying to do things in our own abilities and take on the abilities that Jesus Christ has given to us. It becomes that much more powerful. We become that much more able to do those things. The wisdom in being a good father, the wisdom in being a good worker, the wisdom in being a good grandpa, the wisdom in all of those things first starts with Jesus. 
the wisdom and doing your job every single day, the wisdom of being a good student, the wisdom of being a good counselor, the good wisdom of being whatever you have. See, those things are wonderful and you can have a job that you absolutely love, but you're still gonna have times in that job where the burden seems heavy. And what you have to do is you have to say at that time, most likely what's happening is that we're trying to carry those burdens and we need to give them up to the Lord and find his path, find his yoke, Find the things that he wants us to do. And that starts with us seeking him and seeking his wisdom. Proverbs 8, verse 32 through 36 says, And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instructions and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life, and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. This wisdom that Solomon is speaking here is the wisdom of the Lord. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Blessed are you who keep the ways of the Lord, the wisdom that comes from the Lord. What Solomon is saying to his sons at this moment in time is that when you go on your own path, when you seek after riches, when you seek after glamour, when you seek after being the whatever, you find yourself away from what the Lord wants. When we seek after the Lord and we seek after what he wants, maybe we don't get the same type of accolades we get when we try to become all that we want to be. Maybe we miss out on those things that seem to be great and seem to be wonderful. It doesn't matter, but when we seek after the Lord, what the Lord requires of us, if you've read scripture at all, you know that the Lord requires you to be a what? A servant, not someone who stands up in front. The first shall be last and the last shall be what? So if you want to be first, what does the Lord tell you? Be last. And no, we're not, now listen. I'm not talking about the buffet line at the restaurant, right? Although that works there too. What he's talking about is life. If you want to be first in life, then what he's saying is give up what you are and give your, be, be humble and allow other people. Look for people to, be, to succeed. Try to find their successes in life. That's what matters. Listen, it doesn't matter whether you're successful. It matters who you made successful in your life. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus wasn't looking to be the most successful. What he was looking to be is a servant for you and I. And if we're following him and we're following this wisdom that Solomon is giving to his sons, what he's saying is that don't seek accolades. Don't seek to be number one. Don't seek all of those things. Yes, try hard. Yes, do everything that you can, but seek to be a servant for Jesus Christ, which means being a servant to the people around you. That's the wisdom that Solomon is talking about. Hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. <laughs> I laugh at this because I'm going I'm to tell on myself here for a moment. You know, there's often times I'll be riding in the car and I'll turn on some uh, Christian radio and listen to a pastor speaking. And I'll be like, this dude is not very good. <laughs> I'll be like, where is he going with this point? What is he saying? And it's usually right at that moment that I start to think that or start to let those words mutter to my mouth that the Lord goes, I'm giving you instruction, listen to it. I'm like, ooh, okay. See, if we were focused not on what the words of, and how someone portrayed it and instead listening to the instruction that's behind it, how much better could we be? How much more stronger could we be? We should not only hear instruction, but let's not neglect it when it comes. Let's grasp a hold of it. If you're told that something that you're doing, if, if the Lord, if you're reading scripture and the Lord starts to reveal to you that you've done something wrong in your life, then walk it out. It's one of the most amazing things that happens in the CR process, Celebrate Recovery. 
is when you walk through those steps and you identify areas in your life that you have wronged either yourself or others and you have to make amends to that. That is understanding that you have not grabbed a hold of that wisdom and that instruction and instead you have neglected it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, watching beside my, my doors. What Solomon is saying is that wisdom doesn't just come to you. Wisdom is not just going to hit you on the side of the head. Wisdom comes from those who listen, who seek it, who watch for it, who wait for it, who go after it. We have to be people who stop trying to be the smartest people in the room and instead try to learn as much as we can. I don't need to be the smartest person in the room. You know why? Because when I go and talk to a 100-year-old lady at the, at the nursing home, there's something I can learn. She's lived a life beyond what I could ever live. When I go and speak to children, it's, it's amazing. You know, and I'm going to, uh, he's not in here. He's in children's church, but I'm going to call Max out a little bit. You know, he's up here uh, pounding on the cajon, right? And one of the most amazing things he did was he stopped, and in the middle of that, there was a moment in the song that the song just kind of quieted down a little bit and Corey's strumming on the guitar. And I look up and Max is like this. You know what's amazing about that? Is that not only can we learn from people who are smarter than us, we can learn from children too. We can learn to worship in the way that they worship, learn to live a life that they live. Does that mean that they know everything? Absolutely not. If you ask Carla, there's times that he has to be Taken care of, right? (laughs) But we are called to be actively listening and watching daily for wisdom. And then he says, for whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. See, when you find wisdom, you find the favor from the Lord. Because wisdom, the Lord's wisdom, is always good for our life. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But then he goes on to verse 36. And he says, but he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Those are some really strong words to speak. That this wisdom that Solomon is speaking and what he's saying is that we are never too young we're never too old. We're never in the middle of the ability to learn wisdom, to grow in the wisdom that the Lord has for me. You can take that. All of this wisdom that the Lord gives to us begins with one very simple thing, and that's said by Solomon, to seek. Seek is an pro- uh, action word. It's an action verb, I should say. Seek means to go after, to find to reach after, to do everything you can to find it. See, the problem with many Christians and the problem with many churches and the problem with many people today is that they stop seeking after the wisdom of God. They stop seeking after wisdom, period. They get to this place that says, I have arrived. The problem with when you arrive at somewhere, that means that you have arrived at the pinnacle. You think that you have arrived, and therefore there's nothing more to learn. One of the greatest things that I think the Lord ever did for me was put me in a... He put me in an occupation that changes every 30 seconds. Ask JD back there. What happens in computers? It changes all the time. Internet is changing all the time. This, things are advancing so quickly that it's so hard to keep up with that. What I learned through that is that if I ever, in my job as an internet expert, so-called, would stand up and say, I know what I'm talking about. Guess what? I was lying because there's always something new coming out. And so what that did to me was transition to my personal life where I began to realize that, wait a minute, I should never say that I have all of the wisdom. I should never say that I have arrived at the location because there's always something to learn. Every single day of my life is a journey that I'm on, that I'm seeking after God's wisdom. Every single day that I walk, I'm looking for something. I want to learn something new. Do I know everything? Not even close. 
But my goal is to seek after that wisdom. Why? Because I need God's wisdom for my life. We need Christians who will seek after, who will be an action verb, who will go after the wisdom of God, who will do everything they can to grab a hold of that wisdom and hold it tight. Will you stand with me, please? The problem with us today and the problem with the world today is too often what happens around this world and around us today is that we get to a place where we stop seeking. I'm comfortable where I'm at, Pastor. You don't understand. I don't need to seek after any more wisdom. I don't need to seek after any more. I'm comfortable right here. Now, we may not say that we won't seek after wisdom because no one will actually admit that. But the truth of the matter is, if you pause and you stop reading your Bible, if you pause and you stop seeking after God, if you pause and you stop praying and you stop doing the things that you've done, then what you've done is you found yourself a nice little comfortable place to stay. The Word of God was never meant for us to just stay in one spot, to find a little nook in the corner, if you will, and say, I'm going to be there. And I'm not going to go anywhere else. It was always intended for us to grow. It was always intended for us to seek after. The more that we seek after God, the more that we seek after wisdom, the more we will learn and the more we will grow closer to God. It's not until we end up in eternity in heaven that we will receive the knowledge that we need. Until that moment in time, We need to be seeking after it with everything that we have. I don't care if you're here and you're only three years old or you're here and you're 93 years old. It doesn't matter. And I think that covers everyone that's here in between, right? Somewhere in between, we're there. It doesn't matter how old you are. I don't care if you're going to school. I don't care if you're graduated. I don't care if you're the CEO of a company or you're just starting out on a job. If you seek after his wisdom, if you seek after those things, if you make learning important, if you make his wisdom important, and you do everything you can to do that. You're never too young to learn, and you're never too old to learn. And I'm not looking at you, Steve, for a reason, okay? We're never too old or we're never too young to learn. We're never too old or too young to seek after that wisdom. We're never too old or too young. We're never, listen, even as a, we're never in a position where we don't need to seek after God even more. Anyone ever tell you that? You can look them in their face and say, you're lying to me and you're not in the right place. Now do it lovingly, right? Don't go, you're a liar, right? Don't say that. But the truth of the matter is is that we're never close enough to God, never. Not until the day that we die and we take our last breath on this earth and we end up in eternity with him. If our life's in the right place, will we find ourselves in that right location? So today, what I want to challenge you, what I want to begin to wrap up and end this sermon with is just simply this. What are you seeking after? What is it that you're going after? What is it that takes up all of the time and energy of your life? Is it God? Is it seeking his wisdom? Or is it something else? Listen, I know jobs and I know life and I know kids and I know all of those things make our lives busy. I get that. I understand that. But everything you do should be seeking after his wisdom, seeking after him, striving to get closer to him, asking him to make his burden light and his yoke easy in your life. That's what's most important. And when we get away from that, when we step away from that, we need brothers and sisters around us to come and just put a nice hand on our shoulder and say, come on, let's go. You're not seeking anymore. You're not growing. So today, if you're here, you're watching online at home, and you know you've been seeking the wrong things, or maybe you've stopped seeking, period, may I encourage you today to take the words of Solomon and seek, diligently try to find the Lord in your life and the wisdom that he has for you. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for who you are. Lord, you have done amazing things in our lives You continue to bless us beyond what we deserve or what we have. And Lord, sometimes we feel like the burden and the yoke on us are so heavy. And typically that's because we have walked away from you somehow, some way. So Lord, will you bring us back? Will you help us to have a focus that seeks after you? 
Will you arrange our gaze to look upon the glories of what God is and who you are in our lives? May we make an active choice to do that active verb seeking after you. Help us today, Lord, to make you the priority in our lives that we seek after with everything we do and say. Forgive us where we haven't and bring us back to you so we can. Seek and find the one who deserves to be sought after and found. And that's you, Jesus. We love you, we glorify you, we honor you, and we praise you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship together. Christ be magnified, let his praise arise. Christ be magnified, amen. Oh, Christ be magnified, the altar of my life. Christ be by God but they have no logic to them they follow the intellect of us and so when you're feeling sad when you're feeling that heavy burden when you're feeling that heavy yoke just understand that those feelings don't control you you control those feelings so instead of giving in to those feelings instead of giving in to those pain and those sufferings and all of those things what we need to do is tell them who God is in our lives and begin to transform our feelings to praises 
for who he is. That's what's most important in our lives. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. And we may not always understand or like it. We may not always even agree with it, Lord. But you have a purpose and a plan for all things. And for us, our purpose and our plan is that you are magnified in all that we do in our lives. Help us, Lord, to seek after that wisdom. Help us to seek after that way so that you can be magnified in our lives, so that you can be exalted in all things and in all ways. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you have done and all that you will do. We glorify you. We honor you. We praise you now in Jesus' most precious and holy name. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Hope to see you again next week. Have a great week.